0: Catch me at the border, be- to the Token Talk EDU podcast, where I, Saskia Dure, will provide insight and tips on how you can control your life despite your vice. Also, I'll introduce you to other women that have done the same and taken control of their life despite consuming cannabis, despite drinking, despite shopping, despite any vice they may have. And you can do it too. Welcome to today's episode and I'm glad you're here. Today I'll be talking to one of my friends um, that I met during my travels, Miss Eve. Um, You'll get more of her information as you listen in and I'll let you take away what you want. We'll dive in today, not talking necessarily about um, smoking weed, even though I'm smoking during the episode. She doesn't smoke. But we're talking and diving in more into the episodes of this last season of, and even the past seasons of Insecure and how they portray into our real life and how there's a lot of issues discussed on the show that we both know firsthand experience have happened in uh, our lives or people around us and how we um the viewers can internalize it differently. Um, so stay to the end, and I have a surprise for you guys of ways that you can reach and talk to me one-on-one or work with me in a group setting. So
1: I'll see you then. Enjoy. I'm Yves-Marie Exumé. I was born and raised in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. I currently live in Canada. It's been 15 years actually this week that I've moved to Canada. Um, I am married, no children, uh, world traveler. I love languages, movies, and uh, books in a nutshell. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So
0: to explain why you're here, you're here because we're going to talk a little bit about Insecure because we've been having a discussion on Facebook about it a little bit back and forth but I feel like I wanted to wait for the season to be over so that we could have like a cl- clear cut discussion like from the beginning to end because this season was intense and it made me go back and watch the other seasons. Like all the other seasons before, I didn't. I just was like, whatever I remember, I remember. But this season I was like, I need to go back because I need to get to the nitty gritty of it all. But mm-hmm. the area that I, like, we're gonna start with of course is Issa and Molly. Oh my goodness! (laughs) So Issa and Molly, we like basic is what is a healthy relationship? Because I I think everyone can say that they don't have a healthy relationship. So what is a healthy relationship if it's not what they have?
1: Um, I also felt yeah, I also felt the need to go back to watch the seasons, especially because of Issa and Molly. Because you know how season four started and you could feel the tension mm-hmm. and I was like I, I forgot how they got there and I went back and as I was watching season one again I was like hey they've been taking jabs at each other since season one and we were all thinking it was just friendly banter but it wasn't So in my head, something happened before season one and it's been building up since then. And we've seen the explosion at the block party, right? And to me, the reason why, the main reason why I think that relationship is not healthy is because of their lack lack of communication. Like they're comfortable to talk with everyone around them about everything, including about each other but they don't talk to each other about what's going on in their relationship.
0: Yes, I agree. I think that they do talk to each other, but they never talk about their relationship with each other. There's no mm-hmm. clarity and boundaries, there's no like requests for support or how to come up and show up in support or boundaries on how not to support. Like That was something I noticed because people were saying like, Molly, every time she goes to Issa's event, she has a problem. And I was like, what are they talking about? And I went back to the first season. It was true. She always has an attitude. And if I was Issa, I would have been like, okay, I don't like that. So I'm going to have to sit down with her and be like, either you're going to stop acting the way you do when you come to my events or you're not coming anymore. You have one more event. If you can't like keep it together for the time of the event, then we just, you just don't need to come. It's okay. You can support another way. You write a check. Like she said, I think she said that every time I come, I write a check that you write a check because I think we think people have to show up how we want them to, but we also have to give grace to respect that people can only show up a certain way maybe it just wasn't Molly's scene and Molly being a lawyer is more used to like a certain like level of stuff and there's nothing wrong with that because like that's the environment she works in so she's used to like something on this level and then also like you said she's probably used to knowing Issa in the past with these like I have a great idea and then never following through I think Mm -hmm. but I also sense a level of jealousy on both ends of the, the spectrum for the fact that both women are kind of successful in the way that the other
1: one wants to be successful. See, I wouldn't even call it jealousy. I don't think they're jealous of each other. Um, In my opinion, it's more so they don't know what to do with the other one when the other one succeeds in a way that they're not used to seeing them succeed. It's like um, we all have that friend who's been, Um, either disorganized or haven't had their things together. And then suddenly they're getting their things together and we feel like the person is changing and we don't know what to make of it. And I think that's what it is. I think that um, they love each other. I don't doubt that they do, Um, but I think that they're both growing and they just don't know what to do with the other's growth.
0: I think, like, going back to what we said, they never made space for each other in the first place. So may, now, with the, all the changes coming about, it's even more uh, nerve-wracking because they never made space, so now they don't know how to make space with these new things coming in their life. Like, Molly having her first, like, successful long-term relationship, Issa uh-huh. having her first successful, like, venture at something, that, and, like, being direct and commanding a room instead of, like, hiding kind of behind the, like... Hide in the situation um as we saw like even with the first episode of the season when she has the party at the apartment she's kind of hiding behind condola to represent her and she doesn't have a clear idea of who she is and she's expecting like just condola's presence to bring people in it's like it's not condola's project condola doesn't care I'm gonna smoke during this. I know you don't smoke, but I'm gonna. It's not
1: like
0: it's not like it's gonna come to you, but it's still. (laughs) um, uh, Yeah, I think she lacked the confidence, and so she latched on. She latches on to people with success to boost her up. Like she's like, if they give me like a lot of times we do that. People that we admire in a position that we're in, and I've done that. I have friends that do that. Like I'm like whether it's their relationship um, or their career. I'm like, dang, they're doing so well. And I always tell them stuff, expecting them to kind of put their stamp of a validation and approval. So that makes me feel like I can keep going. And I think Issa was looking for, like she did that with Molly. And then as we saw the season, I think that's where Molly felt threatened. She started doing that with Condola. And Molly was like, wait, I'm no longer the person that you're seeking approval from. Like, and I think also Molly was smelling a little bit of the stuff that was going to happen anyways. But still, she was like, I'm the, like, I'm your go-to for approval, not condola, and now you're seeking condola, and then eventually she was kind of like, well, not condola either, I'm doing it on my own, because condola starts falling back, as we see, and then Mm -hmm. it was the same with, like, Molly, she was used to always, like, kind of being, getting either invalidated or validated by Issa about her relationships, like, Mm -hmm. from the broken pussy first episode to, like, (laughs) now she was always getting the like you're doing good like this is a good relationship this is a bad relationship because even even with andrew she's the one that persuaded molly to go after andrew she didn't molly was never like into it molly didn't feel it And it's not saying that because that's actually something i want to talk about because i was talking about it earlier thinking about it earlier it's not saying that she had to be like crazy infatuated with andrew at first but she didn't seem that she wanted to go that route, even dating outside of her race. And then because Issa said it, she's like, well, I guess I gotta do it because Issa's made me feel bad about it. And I need either to either be validated by Issa or invalidated. So, yeah.
1: And I think there's something to be said about um, friendship in general. Um, and the reason why I introduced myself as a Haitian first is because I think we deal with friendships in a different way like i've always had girlfriends surrounded by women my entire life but i never developed that kind of relationship with a friend whereby i am waiting for them to approve my every move and i think that's what maybe is not working as well in the relationship is that they are putting too much on the other one's shoulder they're they're asking for too much Like um, if there's that one person you're turning to every time to get a stamp of approval, that person will get tired because that person may feel like they're dealing with their own lives and they have to manage yours as well, which is not fair. And I think that's what's been going on with Issa when it comes to um, her ventures professionally. She's always looking for that person to Um, rely on a little bit too heavily to my liking like I get it Condola was helping Mm -hmm. but she was helping she was not your partner in this so she didn't know when to let go of that help when to move forward without that help so her friends maybe feel like they're crutches rather than just friends
0: Even with leaving we got y'all like it was Nate that dropped the bug in her ear was like you can do this and then you see how she kind of goes off the wall when she loses that support from Nate to keep going like she has to kind of go through the motions and then finally find it in herself to say, like, I'm gonna continue doing this because it was like, Nate dropped it in her ear and then she's like, oh, okay, like, I, I feel Nate and Nate's coming in strong. And then as soon as like, Nate disappeared, she was like, oh my God, the, like, the beam, my like, uh load bearing beam is gone. Now my like, whole world is gonna crumble. And I was like, girl, like, I don't know. She you
1: know what, I ahead. was gonna say, um I feel a little bad um pointing that out. In- in uh, Issa, like the way she uses people as a crutch to uh, move forward, because I see it in myself sometimes. And I think it has to do with confidence. And I know I need a little boost sometimes from people around me, but I don't um, rely on them 100% to move forward. Like I think most people need a little boost, but she needs constant support.
0: Yeah, and it can be a little bit taxing on your friends if you're always like, mm-hmm. and I do it too. I think as uh, like bloggers or people that ha- like are doing like ventures online or seeking like a, a, out an audience on their own, like without the support of like a corporation or something like that, and putting yourself on the spot, like like you do with traveling, and I'm doing, it can be a little bit like everybody needs to support me. Like I need to get, especially if you're starting small, like I said, and don't have a corporation support so you feel like I'm going against not only people at my level but I'm going against like $1 billion dollar trillion dollar companies so at times you're like anybody that's around me should be supporting me because they know the struggle especially like as uh, in black women I mean in black groups I think that's a common to be like you need to show some level of support because also <laughs> with Haitians they do like the, the like communal support like even like financially raising to do stuff or like Fixed, doing anything, it's a, it's a constant community. So I think that plays a role into
1: it as well. It's mm-hmm. like- but I think support is good, but support should not be a crutch. Yeah. You know, I think there's a difference between me asking my friends for support, like read my blog or share it. And me, if I were to ask them every time to edit my post every single time I'm public. You know what I mean? Like, I think um, it goes back to boundaries, right? Um, You need to be specific in what you want from people and keep it at that. So do you think that Issa was wrong in going to
0: Andrew to get help after Molly laid that boundary? That she said that she didn't feel it was right (laughs) for them to cross the boundaries of the two?
1: See, um, I don't think she was wrong. I don't think she was wrong because she asked Molly. Molly said she wasn't going to do it. And uh, I think my issue here is that I don't see Andrew as Molly's property. So Molly was supposed to be just an in-between between between Isa and Andrew. But if Isa could get to Andrew through Nathan, like she did, I didn't see a problem with that. Because Andrew is not Molly's property. I get it. And some people will probably bring up girl code and stuff like that. I I don't know what that code is. Because Andrew's not Molly's property. (laughs) I think that those codes
0: lie in a lot of possessiveness, like code, girl code. It's a very possessive concept because it's like, you're, we're in this relationship and you have to follow these rules or you're ex out of the relationship or no longer. I don't like, I, I, I agree with you to an extent. And it also exposes something about Molly that I think is why the relationship ended as we saw in the last episode. I mm-hmm. think it exposed that Molly may not really want a relationship it, uh, maybe it not nothing that she'll never want it but right now I don't think Molly really wants a relationship I think she wants to like I think that's why I keep saying jealousy I don't know if it's jealousy or not but I think she saw um you see I see that in a lot of groups I was around in school like mm-hmm. and when we got out of high school there was like a group of girls and everyone was getting married, but there was that one person, that one girl that kind of was struggling to maintain a strong relationship. So she was like going for all the like low bearing fruit and she was, or low hanging fruit and was like, I'll grab him. I'll grab him. And it was like constantly just, I'm in love and about to get married. And the next week it's like, I'm a single and men are not. And then next week in a relationship and then all her friends around her were in like successful relationships, getting married successful, what, I don't know the ins and outs, but like getting married <laughs> and then the, going the next step, and she was constantly stuck in the limbo, kind of like Molly, and I think when they did they did anything in their power to keep that relationship not because in any relationship they found not because they were actually feeling the person but because they were like i can't be the only one in the group that's single and don't get me started if it was like a group of single people and like they had children involved like i don't want to be the single parent in the group so then you see them like fighting to keep hold on to any guy that comes along until like the guy literally has to just be like I'm leaving like I've abused you enough now I'm going away and it's like I see that with Molly like even I just feel like she just wanted a relationship just so she could say like I have a successful career I have a man I have this because you see with Sterling um I think season end of season two Mm-hmm. She like he literally was her mirror and she was like oh I don't like that like he's asking to check up and even used to call it out she's like isn't that what you do? Like he was like you got you're a successful lawyer, you this, you this, you're perfect, you're beautiful. You like you make folks. a great We could do this. And she was like, sorry, I don't know what happened. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> but um I was saying, I think the thing that I noticed was that Molly doesn't seem to really want a relationship because she wants one. I think she just wants to check the boxes and say she's like in a relationship because Issa's in one because um uh, has a baby Tiffany's married and like stuff like that because it just doesn't seem like she doesn't seem to have a standard. She doesn't have a clear standard she keeps going back and forth like you went from dro mm-hmm. like if you wanted long term why were you even dealing with dro because that was <laughs> never gonna produce anything long term
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know what and that's why i think andrew's one of my favorite characters um oh my goodness <laughs> um i think he really nailed it when he asked her um did she want a relationship did she want him or did she want to stick on the amount of time, to stick to the amount of time they, they, they've they accumulated together? And I think that goes back to what you were saying about quality of relationships. Like, I am always wary when people are uh, like just celebrating people who have been married for 30 years, for 35 years, for 40 years, And not really considering the fact that maybe they haven't been really together in the past 20 years. So what are we celebrating? Are we celebrating the quality of the relationship or the duration of the relationship? Which to me are two different things. And I think that Molly said it. We've been together for this amount of time. Did we waste our time? And sometimes it's okay to waste your time if the relationship is not worth it. You know, like, I think that she really was focusing on the fact that we have been together for so long rather than we're good together.
0: Yeah, or I, like, I don't want to have to like, try to start over with someone else or do anything new or actually have to reevaluate what I might've done or take accountability for anything. Like, it's just like, we're coasting, let's coast. And mm-hmm. I think I was just writing about this um, I'm doing a lot of uh, reading into and listening to about attachment styles when it comes to relationships and mm-hmm. like there's the anxious there's the secure and stuff like that and one of the things that they say in the book is a lot of times we this idea of what we have of love and I actually just watch a show too that's on HBO called Love uh, Love Life mm-hmm. um, and It talks about this girl's like love life through her twenties and how she thinks that, and how we think that love has to be where we feel butterflies and we're head over heels and super anxious, and we seek out that feeling of anxious to be the marker that we're in love or attracted to someone. When in actuality, that's not true, and it can actually hinder how you approach the relationship and be like kind of detrimental to like the healthiness of the relationship because. You don't communicate clearly because you're anxious about how um, the person will receive it, if they'll run away, and that you're like holding on with everything in you. And you see that with Molly because she always has to get someone to check her, like check and make sure it's not something that's going to be off the wall that would scare Andrew away and she's not coming from a place where she's being herself like she's scared of being herself she's scared of being like if you want to go ape shit molly then be ape shit molly but own it and it's like she's like i'm gonna go ape shit then i'm gonna be scared and i'm gonna go ape shit, then i'm gonna be scared I'm gonna be defenseless and like play this like victim it's like own it girl and i think that she yeah it's just she kept, came from a very anxious place with Andrew because she was trying so hard to hold on to it without mm-hmm. ever showing herself. And I think that it would have been lasted longer. I think it would have lasted longer if she was herself. Because you yeah. notice that I think what attracted Andrew to her was that the first time they met, she was herself. Because yeah. she was fucked up and she didn't have that guard where she was like, Molly, like, and career focused, Like, yeah, she just assumed, like, I don't know. And she also kind of belittled him because like the fact that she kind of expected him just to stick around, even if she
1: wasn't putting any effort. Yeah. Yeah. And I think her mom said it best when she confided in her mom saying that Issa thought that if I did this and that, that would push Andrew away. And her mom said it like, he's going to, he has to like you for you. And I think that's something that we don't promote a lot. I think that um, people are thought to be their representative for as long as they can in order to keep a relationship. But um, in that one instance, I was like, listen to your mom. Like, just be yourself, just be. And whoever likes you for you We'll just like you for you. Like, I'm not saying that if, uh, that people should not work towards being better. Like, I know I need to be better at communications, for example, so I work towards that. But I'm not gonna stop being, like you said, ape-shaped Molly to be professional-looking Molly just to get someone. And I think that's where you get lost yourself and you lose relationship that way as well. And people will join in, and they'll be
0: like, "Okay, I see your progress. I I can wait through, and I can deal with it, and stuff like that." And it seemed Andrew had the patience to deal with the progress. Oh my, goodness, Batman. <laughs> but she just was not like giving in to anything. Like she just was so hard on like being like unforgiving and like not giving much grace. To anyone around her, including herself, that she didn't even wanna like face herself. I think that made her like not like herself even more. Like, you see her not giving grace to herself or others around her in space to like make a mistake and be okay that people are not gonna always like you. Because even with Torian, she was like, she had, it's not saying that Torian was a great guy, but she had to either be like Torian's best friend up Torian's butt or she had to be Torian's enemy. She didn't just exist in Torian's presence. Mm -hmm. like just let Torian be who he was like the other people in office they were like yeah we know he's an asshole like whatever we don't engage with him we don't think but like she acknowledged that then she was like I need to like get his approval and then went and like was like I'm gonna work with him and then when he didn't give her that approval she went behind his back and then like then wanted to come back and be like I'm sorry like oh my god I like you I want you to be friends and then she wanted to be like also like you know what I don't care like you know so it was like you need to pick a side. What do you want to be? Like it's okay to be either or cuz like it's just making sure that you pick the side that you want to be on. And mm-hmm. yeah, like she just didn't know where she wanted to be. I don't know if Andrew will come back or they'll bring someone else in the future that will be a better match or like a match for her. I would like Andrew to come back, but
1: yeah, I don't know. But it's on just TV. like on on TV, yes, Andrew can come back. In real life, no. Like, yes, in real it's life, it was not coming back. Like, come on. Um, but something about Molly, like two things about Molly. I think that um, one, Molly likes to be right. And in her need to being right, she, a has, a hard, she has a hard time seeing things um, from the other person's perspective. So she's in her little corner, she's right, and that that's all that matters. And sometimes she was right; other times she wasn't. But she doesn't know how to be like that. Like she's it's just to be right. I'm feeling good. Like that's the thing. I know. Like I, I think she lives, she lives in extremes, and there's no gray area. And you can see it with the way she reacted with Torian, friend or foe. There's no in between. The way she is with. Isa, Issa's wrong, so she needs to come to me and she's gonna wait uh, for Issa to make the first move forever, even if it breaks the relationship, you know what I mean? Like she leaves in extreme. And the second thing about Molly, I think that she, from a pro- professional perspective, she had learned how to work in a white space. She learned how to be the token black girl in a white space but she didn't really know how to be in a Black space, in a professional capacity.
0: Speaking of like whiteness, someone said that, like, I think in the white community, especially, they're very used to policing, Black and brown and people of color. Mm -hmm. So with policing, it's a very strict, and you see even with religion, right? or wrong there's no gray area mm-hmm. and then you add the fact that she's an attorney which is guilty or not guilty that's all you're working for there's no in between there's no kind of guilty kind of not guilty it's <laughs> guilty or not guilty and mm-hmm. she has all these things like you said that we don't take into consideration and i brought this up in a group like even us, we're holding her to a white standard. Like people were like, Oh, she shouldn't have gone off on him like that. She needs to keep her cool. Like she's making black people look bad. It's oh, my like didn't like I don't think she didn't throw anything, she didn't get physical with him. She cussed at him, but like they were in You're close proximity. You're mm-hmm. talking about Andrew's brother? Yeah. They were in close proximity and like, I'm not saying she reacted good, but we can't say she reacted the worst cause she could have got physical with him. She could have went crazy. Like there was much worse she could have done. There was much better she could have done as well. There was, There was room everywhere. It's just like, yeah, I think you see it's very black and white. And that's what I think made her feel sad the next day is because she was like, because of what happened there's no gray area between us. So either Andrew's brother has to be wrong and I have to be right or vice versa. And then she got the validation that she was right when Andrew came and was like, yeah, talk to him. So then she was like, okay, I'm right, I'm right. So then she stuck in that side and then put her distance and were like, since he's bad, he's an enemy for good. And it's like, it's not saying that she had to be Andrew's brother's best friend after that, but it's like, how would you guys have a long-term relationship if you can't even be in the same vicinity as his brother?
1: And I think that, you know what, um, the way she reacted in the pool, I actually have nothing to say against it. I have nothing to say. And to her credit, when things got really heated, she walked away. So that scene in the pool, maybe... Other people would have reacted differently because of personality and all of that, but she did nothing wrong. She yeah. was already, she was already um, aggravated by the um, hotel staff um, behavior. She was getting further aggravated by Andrew's brother who was downplaying what happened. So she reacted and it's okay, right? what i don't like is the way she handled the situation afterwards that that, that's what i don't like and i think that there's something to be said as well as when you are marrying or when you're in a relationship with someone and their family's involved you're marrying in the family they're gonna be there you just have to learn how to deal with them if you don't want to deal with them how do you move forward in a serious relationship? And to Andrew's credit, Andrew had her back. So I'm not sure what she was waiting for. Like to this day, I don't understand what she was waiting for.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. Like you didn't want to be around him anymore. Like even when she snatched a towel, I was like, she could have either, she could have not snatched a towel and been condescending, and people could have read that as condescending. Like there, there's no way to read the room perfectly. It's just like mm-hmm. you said. I think someone said it to me. They're like, you can react, just don't overreact. And that's what she was doing. She was overreacting by like being like, I'm not ever going to talk to him. It's, ir- like, it's irreprehensible. Like he can't fix anything. Like there's nothing that can be fixed about the situation. Like it's unamendable. Like get out of my face. Like, and it's just like, you're not giving room for grace to show, mm-hmm. like to be there and like, give him the opportunity to maybe see, like, okay, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Or, like, be like, Andrew, we we can be around him, but it's gonna be have to be on, like, absolutely necessary occasions. Like, I'm just gonna, because you know I really don't like him. Because you can <laughs> tell, Andrew kind of doesn't really like him that much either. Because Andrew's like, yeah, he does this, he does this. Like, Andrew didn't yeah. seem that into him either, so I don't think Andrew was, like, too far gone to the fact that he is a dick and annoying the same with uh with Torian. like the people know this about the person it's just like you're letting this control your behavior and how you walk into a room and Mm -hmm. to be honest i'm not i'm guilty of it i shrink sometimes or i expand myself or i change how i am because of the people that are in the room because i'm overreacting so i know i'm i'm definitely the, i'm definitely a molly and that's why i think i'm rooting for her so hard like i go to bat for her and i want people to forgive her and give her grace because i know i'm definitely more of a molly than an isa
1: see i see more of molly in me but i see a little bit of isa i think um the characters there's a little bit of everyone in it, in all of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh that's what i like about the show actually and uh, I think what happened with Molly, and I think we mentioned this uh, on Facebook once we when we were talking about the show, is that people are expecting Molly to be the mature one. The more mature, the more get-together, the more uh, reasonable one. And that's why people go hard on her. Because she's our a expectations. Yeah, our expectations. Because she looks like she has at least part of a life together when isa doesn't so we're expecting so much better from her because of that
0: yeah, but that's, I yeah. what we expect professional women like a lot of especially professional black women we expect them to be emotionally together professionally together like there's no falling apart like they can never have any emotion like i think women in general can but i think black women definitely don't have that capacity to ever like break from being composed. Like, we have to be strong, but soft. Because they expected Molly to (laughs) respond with strength, but soft, sensitivity. I'm like, I don't know how that's possible. That's a little bit contradicting. Like, it's a very
1: hard path. Yeah. The grace they don't show professional Black women is um, the fact that we often wear a mask for eight, 10 hours a day, so we're together we are unshakable, we are professional, we don't break for eight, 10, 12 hours a day. When are we allowed to break? When are we allowed to be vulnerable? When are we allowed to be ourselves without the mask, if not at home with friends? So I think that in expecting that Molly would be all the way together at work, and at home is putting a lot on her shoulders and not having a
0: human response to stuff giving her the opportunity to have a human response and like navigate when she needs when she's ready but i want to okay we've talked about molly i want to talk about the another thing that's like going on this love square that's going to happen or is happening right now between Issa, Lawrence, Nathan, and Condola. Because we know this is what's going to happen. We have Issa <sighs> between Andrew, Lawrence I mean between and Nathan. Lawrence and Nathan. Nathan. And now Lawrence is going to be have the permanent relationship with Condola for sure. And between him and Issa, he's that's still in the air because we don't know how Issa Emily and Derwin and all of that, but it's very, it's giving very much the same vibes. And everyone's
1: just like, dude, like Okay. Um, I think I have to come clean. I'm team everyone but Lawrence. So I do not want Lawrence in Issa's life. I don't think Lawrence is a good dude. I don't think he's a good dude. Um, I think that um, Lawrence, towards the end of their relationship, the first time around, um, he was very um, complacent in his role of not working and not having to do much. I think there is a case to be made whether or not he was depressed are you here? Yeah, okay. I'm here. No, I, I don't know. Like, was La- Lawrence depressed the first time around? I think people will need to convince me because I just don't know, right? I don't know if it was depression or him being at ease in the situation. I don't know which one it was. But I think that the first time around, Lawrence showed us who he was. And, uh, he got his life kind of together, but did he really get it together?
0: But it was, I feel the same way with Issa. Like, I feel like she had to take, she only wanted to take leaps if she had, like, he was at the same level. Like, I'm not saying that she needed to support him, but I feel like Issa should have just kept going in her career. And like, I think that she kept using her relationships to get distracted. Like, I think she wanted drama in her relationships to get distracted from doing her career because because of that, she created this whole level of drama that seeped into her work life with that. And yes, yes, I agree. I do not like them together. I don't think they need to be together. I don't think that they have, I think what they had in the past was good. And I don't know if it was you that said it or someone else but they were like literally they've watched the show and like of course we know there's parts of their relationship that we didn't see before but yes. like there's only been one meaningful like loving sexual interaction between them there's only been like this is right now this is the first time we've actually seen them in a true loving place and it seems though even this is actually the first time they're being honest with each other so yes. it's like what were y'all doing before And, like, y'all were just
1: walking on eggshells around each other for five years? I think what happens, it's the timeline, right? And I think everybody's concerned with the timeline. I am, too. I think we saw the end of their relationship. We don't really know how the beginning was. We didn't see that, right? And Mm -hmm. I think what we're seeing now is probably the beginning. What the beginning look like? Maybe. Yeah, because... I think but, also while we're saying like
0: keeping it real, there's also this air like when you're in the beginning of a relationship, it's new, it's nice, and it's adventurous. Especially if it's something that you got, it's that's familiar but gone away with. But like you said, in real life, I don't think this would have ever happened. Like they would have got back together. But
1: I, I think so. I think that in real life, um, some people try to patch things up. And I think what Issa's working on, um, like. Issa's motive is mostly the five years that they had. Like, they already had something. So we're back to where we were with Molly, right? So, she has invested five years. She doesn't want those five years to go to waste. Right? And I think that that, that's what's really um, motivating her. It's those five years. Yes, Lawrence is showing a different side of himself. Yes, he has his things together uh, and he's moving forward in many other aspects of his life. But I think as well, she's really thinking about those five years.
0: I don't think Lourdes is to be trusted, also because it's like, and I'm. I I don't hate gondola, but I don't like how she went about that, because she's all like, I don't want you to do anything. Somebody was like, if you didn't want him to do anything, you didn't want him to be involved, then why did you even contact him again? Like You should have just went on your merry way, because clearly he said that he ended things, and he made it clear that he didn't want anything further. You, like, it's a real d- weird dynamic, because she just was like, all oh, like, he's a booty call, he's this, and then now, like, you're like, okay, I'm ready to have your kid, and like, I'm uh, well and I actually I already have your kid but I'm absolving you of all responsibility I'm gonna take all responsibility you can be involved as much as you want and it was just like weird I don't know it was a weird way that she went about it I'm like why are you telling him then if you don't want him? like if you don't like if he hasn't expressed that he wanted to be in a relationship or like anything like that. But then I guess she's also giving him the opportunity to choose how much he wants to be involved.
1: But I don't know. It was really weird. I think that, and this is how much I don't trust Lawrence. We only have Lawrence word for it when he says he broke it off. That's how much I don't trust Lawrence. He said he broke things off. He said that it was a clean break. And- he is keeping up
0: appearances. He's keeping up exactly. appearances for his friends. Like he is keeping up his appearances. Because I think that if he would have acknowledged his fault from the beginning, they would have never been broken up this long where he would have even met Condola. I feel like they would have gotten back together probably within a, a few weeks after breaking up originally. Because- mm-hmm. I think he was listening to Chad in his ear and he felt like so much pride, like his, a dent to his pride that was already wounded because he was like not working. And he was like about like where they were like, I yes. got a ring.
1: Yes. I, I don't, I don't like him. I don't trust him. And I think that's one thing. Condola to me is a different thing. I don't think I understand condola. I, I don't think we know enough about her to really understand her in the way we kind of understand Isa and we kind of understand Molly, right? Um, I think Condola wants a baby and it just happens to be Lawrence's baby. Yeah. I, I think there's a difference between wanting, wanting a baby from a particular person and just wanting a baby but the thing is i think also she's gonna want like she's gonna want the things that come with that
0: because like i said she's gonna feel pressure outward pressure and then seeing it where people the groups of women that she is, is are not sing, all single mommies and she's gonna be like maybe i feel like she's gonna start wanting that and maybe pers- want it with lawrence but we don't know lord no.
1: i don't think she, she wants it with lawrence i like i i if if we're basing our judgment of their relationship by what she has been telling her friends um i think that um the relationship between her and lawrence were very were in the early stages right it was very early i don't think she really defined what they were i think her friends were just going on what they thought that she was doing but I don't think she had defined the relationship case in point, he wasn't invited to friendsgiving. He invited himself so maybe I, in her in her head it was getting somewhere, but it wasn't there yet. I mean,
0: he, got, he got exactly what he did to Tasha done to him because he literally was like tasha like uh, like was weirded out by Tasha wanting to like be um be so involved so quickly after having sex and then he seems so like pulled in and it goes to say also that's why you say you don't trust him it seems that he only thrives off pursuing relationships or seeing he sees women like um he's kind of how do I describe it he's like those guys that like um has a standard for like hoes to housewives. Like he sees certain women as hoes and certain women as housewives. Like he saw Tasha as a hoe. He sees Issa types and like the Condola types as housewives. And like then I going back with day like with Issa cheating it tarnished how he saw Issa and he kind of put her in a whole visory like he was like you're supposed to be pristine because i remember this guy i worked with a while back said that he was like i have straight sex with my wife we don't do anything crazy but when i want if i want to do something freaky i would get like a, a prostitute I i've like, heard that before <laughs> i was like huh and I feel like that's because they like, it feels like it's demoralizing and the woman becomes demoral by that. And that's how I kind of feel like he navigates women as well. Yes.
1: yes. And you can tell that with, um, what was his work base name? I forget her name. Arpana? Uh, Aper, no. It starts with an A and I think it has a P. Aperina? <laughs> Something like that. So I think that Aparna. He, Aparna. There we go. So he saw her as girlfriend slash wife material until he knew that she slept with the other coworker. Like I think I think um and, and, and I think my not liking Lawrence has been a process and it's just little thing little things and like it's 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 kind of a big jingle. So right? It's you going it up and up and up
0: who thinks you a good dude that's what he is that's that's exactly what he is I think that's when I realized he was not shit
1: (laughs) When
0: when he called Issa that was the first season when I realized when he called Issa and he made it seem like he wanted her to come back like I don't know if he wanted a power play in the situation but he called her and not saying that he told her to come back but she comes back and he's not there, then he goes to the club and's like fucking, or he goes and f- has sex with Tasha. And I'm like, what are you like trying to prove? Like, and it always seemed like he was like, I don't know, it was weird. Cause even with the, after he did the, like had the threesome with the white girls, he goes to Issa's apartment. Like, what are you trying to prove? Like, I don't know. He, yeah,
1: you're right. I don't and, like, and- like to me, what really um, pushed it over the edge for me was when he brought a partner- to the to tiffany's uh party like like to me there's a level of there was a level of carelessness and you guys weren't even serious exactly and and i think that he was pretending too much not to think that it was gonna be a problem when he did it on purpose he did it with the intention of being hurtful yeah yeah and and to me that's when i think that i was like off the Lawrence Ben Ragan like, I'm done. Like, I was done and with he him. called her a hoe. Yeah, because that's why I was saying, like, even outside, he's like, you are a hoe, and, like,
0: called her all exactly. But exactly. she took a job at his insecurity. But it, it was also the fact that, like, she with him and with Daniel, it was these, like, prideful-ass um, men that, like, really didn't want to acknowledge their flaws. Like, they came from a perfect perspective, and they didn't want to get advice from anyone or not get any perspective from anyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we do have to end this shortly because I have another thing I have to do in like seven minutes. I want to touch very shortly on Mm -hmm. a relationship that really does not get highlighted enough. And that is Kelly and Tiffany. Oh, you see, I got goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I feel the dynamics in that relationship is trash. I feel like the dynamics in the relationship with anyone that's friends with Tiffany is trash. Because I feel like she's very, very, um, passive aggressive and very, very, um, judgmental?
1: I think that my entire, like, let let me start with this by saying, I don't understand how the four of them are friends. I'm just going to start with that because, um, I look at the dynamic of the four of them and it's like how are yes. you her and tiffany and
0: molly are aka they're in the same yep. sorority. yes
1: yes so. yeah i don't know but and to go back to kelly and tiffany's uh, relationship um i think i really liked the part w- um the baby shower that's season two three the baby shower when Tiffany I think it's mid-season yeah when um, Tiffany's other friends organized the baby shower and Kelly who's supposed to be the best friend and who's her child's godmother didn't take a part of that and I think it's uh it's true to reality I find I find that um, when a woman becomes a mother, is pregnant, and is getting ready to become a mother, um, there is a shift. There is a shift, and maybe it's not fair, but the shift is that they need other people who've been through the same experience for support, for guidance. Um, to be relatable, um, to be relatable to, right? And her group of friends, Kelly, Issa, and Molly, didn't have that experience. So I could see how she would shift a little bit towards her friends who already have that experience. So I, I could understand that. And I also can understand that there's a conversation that needs to be had just to bring the relationship um, um, to make the relationship more current. Or bring it up to date, get on Bring it. it up to date and see what we need to do, where we need su- to support each other and how. And I think that they've had that um, conversation. What I, what I don't um, understand is, actually, I do understand that Kelly wouldn't see the postpartum um, depression. I didn't see it. I think I saw it when we,
0: they were at the block party and she didn't really seem alarmed to want to go back home. I think Kelly is doing what we think friends should do and is just putting a band-aid over a situation by showing up and not actually asking questions. We don't try to let the person fix it themselves. We try to fix it for them because you see, she was over there all the time, she, like doing the most. And it's like, did you ever stop and say, Tiffany, girl, how are you doing? Are she you might,
1: okay? Not, she might not know to do that. Like I said, I think I about that.
0: When people have kids. I
1: didn't. I didn't even think when about. Megan about-
0: Burkle brings that up. Megan Merkel brings that up because she, they interviewed her and they're like, hey, yeah. did, did, how are you doing, or did, has anyone asked you how you're doing, she's like, actually, or they asked her how she was doing, she's like, actually, no one's ever asked me that. And you think people completely forget about the mother's existence
1: and her feelings. Exactly.
0: So and and, and
1: I, I think it's not fair, but I think that that's what's happening. Like, that's, like. I haven't had children, right? I don't have kids, but I've been around women with kids. And I may not be the first person to ask people, how are you? But my question would always be, how can I help? Like, I I get it that mothers need a break. That's why I didn't see uh, the scene at the block party as postpartum depression. Are you still here? Yeah, I'm here. I hear you. Okay, I may not be as well versed as I should be given the amount of women around me who have kids, but I totally see how it can go unnoticed if you are not really attuned to that particular situation.
0: It's crazy because right now that's what I've kind of been doing with my sister. I call her and I'm like, how are you doing? because like she keeps sending me pictures of the kids and I love it and I'm like and I ask her for pictures of them but she's like nobody calls and asks about me anymore and I was like I I like want to know how you're doing like I'm not I want to see the kids of course like who doesn't want to see babies but like I'm I'm concerned about you and I want to make sure you're good, cause you because you've went from having 3 kids and the youngest being 7 to now you have two newborns yeah hear you but I ask, I like constantly have to check in on her because I think I've seen it throughout the other children. And at yeah. first, I didn't recognize it. Of course, I was 15 when she had her first, so I had no idea. But like, yeah. being more self-aware now, I can spot it a little bit. And I'm trying to check in on her a little bit more because I can tell, um, especially she had a boy and a girl. And I think with girls, especially, it's more common to have postpartum depression. Um, oh, wow because of like the hormonal factor, like the, I think the transfer of hormones, um, because like I've heard, um, you like Onika the traveler. Um, she talks about, uh, she got like alopecia, um, because of her pregnancy. And that's more common with girls because of the amount of hormones that like can trans, like that she's kind of taking from you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, and Tiffany had a girl so yes. I think yeah and my sister had a boy and a girl and I can kind of tell she's she she likes the little boy she loves the little boy but there's a, a little bit of uh resistance and like the little girl's not taking to her as much but she's having like with breastfeeding and stuff like that so I think it reflects like you yes I understand if you don't have children it's kind of hard but <laughs> I like give on it because I called her I call her every day as well so like I think I'm like picking up on it yeah. I'm kind of more aware of how when she's not feeling well, like I can tell when my sister's changed, like things are changing around like in her mood. So, yeah, but
1: yeah. I think yeah. it's something to be said. There's something to be said about recognizing mental illness. Mental illness, like we don't like it's it, it we need more education stu- education about that we need to recognize it more we need to be more attuned to to that and I was very surprised, like in that insecure group that we are a part of. In uh, Facebook, a lot of people, a lot of women especially, recognize the signs. And a lot of women who recognize the signs were women who went through it. So I think that that makes them a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more aware of the symptoms. Whereas for me, I, and, and I feel and I feel bad about it. And I think that's what really um, got to me in the finale, is to see her like that and not having a clue that this was coming up.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It just depends. I think it just depends.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: okay, so our time is up because I have to head to another meeting. But I really appreciate. It. I loved having this conversation with you. I'm glad Me we kind like, of of this. I think it, we brought up a, a lot of very good points, and it's like very multifaceted in that we're not Team Lawrence clearly. So no, <laughs> I'm more Team Nathan, but I'm kind of Team Single right now. So um, if you want to wrap up by giving them, like, maybe how they can connect with you, if you want them to, like, find you on Instagram or social media or anything like that.
1: So I am on Instagram at A-Y-M-E underscore P-I-E-D-S-P-O-U-D-R-E-S. And I am on Facebook under Poudre, Pieds, P-I-E-D-S space P-O-U-D-R-E-S. Awesome. Yeah. And you guys Thanks for having also, me. Yes,
0: you follow her. She has very good insight about travel. She gives like a lot of engaging pieces where you have conversation under her the post about and thought provoking pieces about things you do during travel and things you don't really think about when you're traveling so you guys listen to her and she also does a lot of like good kind of reviews of shows on netflix as well yeah. so <laughs> or on other things on other like streaming sites so yeah. you guys follow her and listen to out for that okay all right thank you take thank care you. all right you bye. have a good one bye thank you too I'm so so glad you made it to the end with me and were able to enjoy this episode. I believe this conversation was much needed and very evolving and I wish it was a little bit longer. But if you want to join in on a longer conversation with me and some other ladies on some topics pertaining to the LGBTQIA community as it were either a part of that community or an ally to that community, feel free to join me with the link below in the show notes for my next event on the 12th of July held for um, black and non-black women in the LGBTQIA plus community and allies. those that are allies seeking to have a conversation of how this intersects with blackness and feminism and other areas. And if you can't make it to that or aren't able to show up, still sign up and get a ticket donation based and you'll be able to get a free recording playback of the whole entire event. You'll also be able to join in on another event that I'm doing on the 18th and the 25th, which revolves around black and non-black women discussion of bodies and the history around that. So I bring a little bit of history, I bring a little bit of thought work and mind mastery, and I bring a little bit of life coaching. So join me in having this discussion and bringing It to the table. Hope to see you there. Link is down below. Link is down below. Enjoy. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast and want to stay connected, you can follow me on IG at the token talk edu. You can also find my website linked below and become a Patreon with the link as well that's linked below. I'm so happy that you're happy to listen to this and I want to help you control your life despite your vice. See you soon. (laughs)